You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and the annual British Isles Family History Society of Greater Ottawa uh, is getting underway very shortly and there's still time to register. Uh, Befisco2021.ca is the site in order to register and we'll repeat that again for you numerous times through today's program. And we're going to talk to, over the course of the program today, a number of people who are participating in that and one of them is Kyla Eubank. And Kyla is Ottawa-based and uh, is, has an expertise in book restoration. And one of the things I'm going to be putting to Kyle is how does that tie in with the British Isles Family History Society of Greater Ottawa and how does it tie in with the current conference, which is Irish Lines and Female Finds. Kyla, thanks a million for coming along. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here this morning, Austin. <laughs> so book binding, book restoration, um, of course, of its nature, we know that's archives. So how and what got you into it and what do you do? So um, I'm a book and paper conservator. Uh, in a nutshell, I fix up old books, old documents, manuscripts, uh, watercolor paintings, uh, anything made out of paper that's old, it's falling apart, it's stained, I put it back together, I give it a whole new life. Um, and many of you might have come to my talks in the past where I focus very much on this aspect, but this talk is going to be a little bit different. Uh, this talk is basically inspired by a book I did work on for the Museum of Nature, uh, which was uh, Catherine Partrell's Canadian Wildflowers. Um, and I was quite intrigued by this book. I, I was ages ago. It was 2003 when I worked on this, but when I was approached by Susan Courage about the theme for the conference went, oh, I know a great story about uh, resilient women, and that tied in with the whole theme. So, sorry, there's no Irish tie-in, because the women are not from Ireland, they are from England, but we'll, we'll, we'll go with it, okay? okay. It's a okay. great story about resilient women. Um, and so when I got this book from the Canadian Museum of Nature to fix, the reason it came to me was it had gone out to be reproduced. And in the reproduction in 2003, uh, there weren't great book scanners. So they took the book, put it flat on flatbed, scanned it, and that broke the binding apart. Mm -hmm. So it came to me, and I'm reading the preface of it, and I'm really fascinated because, you know, Catherine Partrail, and most of us know Catherine Partrail. She's a great, famous Canadian heroine, uh, and some of us probably know quite a bit about her and her sister, Susanna Moody. And in the preface... Um, she talks about this Agnes Fitzgibbon, who hand-printed all the plates for this and hand-colored them. I thought, who is this person? So I had to go off and find out, who is this Agnes Fitzgibbon? Uh, and it turns out it's Catherine's niece. It's Susanna Moody's daughter. And so as you start to unfurl the whole story, you really learn about um, how the the sisters, um, Catherine and Susanna both, as well as Agnes, uh, the, the niece, um, how they really had to find times in their lives to make do. And what they did was they turned to writing and publishing in order to really make a living. So that, that's very much what the story is about. It does start with Catherine and Suzanne and their father passing when they were quite young, and they all of a sudden had to maintain this giant mansion, Ryden Hall, and how they did that through publishing books, and uh, came to Canada, faced many, many hardships, 
and uh, again, had to keep turning back to publishing and book writing just to make ends meet. And then again, this comes to Agnes, who's widowed at 32, six children to feed, and the fortitude she shows in, in managing to get this book published by herself of Canadian wildflowers. So many of you might know the stories of uh, Catherine and Susanna, but this is going to add that whole extra dimension uh, to the stories by bringing in Agnes Fitzgibbon and that whole challenge. As I understand it, it was very difficult for females to get published, that there was definitely a male-dominated publishing business and that some really um, famous writers, female, published under male names in order to get past that. Uh, Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, Did happen very often. However, it wasn't the case uh, with the um, the Strickland sisters. Uh, I think they had enough ties in England to get themselves started, because Catherine started publishing at 16. Mm -hmm. But it was with the help of her her father's friends that she managed to do that. and they were publishing from vastly female audience and for children's markets. So I think in that regard, too, because they were focusing their audience towards women, um, they were able to write as women and not have to sort of um, hide, hide that part of their pers- personalities. Mm-hmm. So from a, a genealogical perspective and from a conference perspective, I suppose some of the importance of this is highlighting how there is such a wealth of data contained in many, many old and very old manuscripts that may have fallen into disrepair, but that the facility is there to re- revitalize them. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I will talk about the actual treatment of the book. Um, I think just so nobody's disappointed, this this talk will be a little bit of a diversion from your standard genealogy talk. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be more of a historical anecdote and a lot of fun and this tromp through history about these women and, and what they did to survive and, and uh, get by and produce some really magnificent uh, works that we still have with us today because Canadian Wildflowers has been republished many, many times over, and it, it's wonderful. If you have a first edition, I would love to know it because there are very, very few left of the actual first editions, and and they're worth a pretty penny nowadays, too. When you mentioned that, and they're worth a pretty penny, uh, the condition of books, of course, is determined by the, con- uh, the price is determined by the condition. So if a, a book is in relatively poor condition and brought to you to be restored, a restored book does not have the same value as it would had it been in pristine condition. Of, but that that's... Is, yeah, that, that's correct. You can never take restore a book and then say, oh, this was mint. Uh, you will always have to, if you're going to resell it, sell it as something that's been conserved. But you can say, because come to somebody like myself, you can say it's been professionally conserved right. because what I do doesn't interfere with the integrity or the authenticity. So that being said, it's still going to be a lot worth a lot more once it's been conserved than if it was falling to pieces because – any little damage on books um, devalues them just exponentially. It could be as, as little as a little broken corner or a loose page, and all of a sudden you're less than 50% of the value and something really, really minor being wrong. So it's uh, it's often worth it to put books back together, monetary value, but even just for yourself to be able to mm-hmm. use the book 
Now, I often tell people, you know, a book is one artifact. You can't just put it on the shelf and dust it occasionally and admire it from afar. You've got to be able to open it, go through it, to be able to get the information from it. And I know you will agree with me on this, but if you insist on putting your name on a book, use a pencil. <laughs> yes. Or yes. any other mark on a book. Although, there's some great stories there, too, in the book plates and books and the signatures and the dates. And um, so that's that, too, can be really quite fascinating part of book. Right. Look at the marginalia, what's been written in there in the past, especially when you look at family pieces, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Kyle, it's been a real pleasure. And if anyone is not yet registered, the website is Bifisco, that's B-I-F-H-S-G-O 2021. One dot ca. Kyla's presentation is on Monday, the twentieth of September, and it is between eight and nine thirty p.m. That's in the twenty-four hour clock, twenty hundred hours to twenty-one thirty, and you'll find details of the other presentations that are also scheduled over the conference at that website. That is B-I-F-H-S-G-O. 2021.ca. Kyla, it's been a real pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. Thanks, Austin.